Our text for this morning's chapel comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 17, verses 14 through 18. We read, And when they, that is Jesus, Peter, James, and John, came to the crowd, a man came up to him and, kneeling before him, said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic, and he suffers terribly. For often he falls into the fire, and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples, and they could not heal him. And Jesus answered, O faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the boy was healed instantly. Picture a family of five, mom, dad, three children. Mom and dad need to run a few errands. After a while, the parents return from their errands, and they cannot believe what they are about to come home to. One child is running around spilling all sorts of things, knocking over everything, making a mess. Another is confused and crying and won't stop screaming for mom and dad. Finally, they find their oldest son running frantic, trying to figure out what to do. Their son looks them in the eyes with a face of sorrow and failure. It's a little hard for the parents not to say or at least think, are you kidding me? The parents are appalled by the incompetence. Such an appalling display of incompetence was exhibited in our text this morning. You see, shortly before the account of our text, Jesus had displayed his glory on the Mount of Transfiguration, and now he is returning to find a disaster of faithlessness. He returns to find a helpless and possessed child, an anxious and doubting father, and his unsuccessful disciples. All Jesus has to say to this bunch is, Are you kidding me? O faithless generation, how long must I be with you? How long must I bear with you? So each display here is a display of of faithlessness. We will analyze each situation starting with the little boy. This little boy displays the helplessness of mankind when they don't have faith in the one true God. They are fully subject to sin, death, and in this case, the power of the devil. This boy, part of the faithless generation, is subject to the whims of Satan. He is helpless as Satan's evil henchmen manipulate him into muteness and throw him into near-death situations on a regular basis. He is under complete control by a malignant spirit, and there's nothing the boy can do about it. Like the child in our analogy, he is making a dramatic display, leaving the people in despair. The demon can only see the anxious father and the unsuccessful disciples and laugh, for he has them where he wants them. Next, we move to the anxious father. He's been dealing with this situation on a day-to-day basis for quite some time. And you can only imagine his stress level every day when this demon could try to kill his son at any moment. Like the anxious and confused child of our analogy, he is crying and despairing, for he does not have the strength of faith as he should. He knows that the Lord Jesus has done these sorts of healings in the past, and he takes the child to Jesus' disciples. The disciples fail, and the father is frightened. 
The father's despairing, just like the crying child would be, because her older brother couldn't stop the madness. The father shows his lack in faith, as he even says to Jesus' face, if you can do anything. Finally, we have the disciples. Why couldn't they do it? Why couldn't they cast out the demon? Better question, who were they relying on? God? or their pride themselves. Their faith was lacking like the Father's. They put confidence and trust in their own worthless human words and did not pray to God for strength. They lost hold on the one reason they could cast the demon out in the first place. They needed to put their trust in God, and they didn't. Like the oldest child, they stand pitiable before their master. So Jesus sees a demon-possessed child, a despairing father, and a hopeless crew of disciples, and all he has to say is, O faithless generation. And that is the overarching issue with all these profiles. And it's the issue of many of us today. O faithless generation can be said whenever we are manipulated by the devil's temptations down a sinful, immoral road. Oh, faithless generation can be said whenever we are anxious and despairing about life's problems, not acknowledging that the Lord is there always. Oh, faithless generation can be said when we go into a situation headstrong, relying on ourselves, thinking ourselves to be some sort of miracle worker, when it is God who blesses us. And why is the devil able to get after us? Why are we anxious and despairing? Why do we drop prayer and not rely on the Lord in all that we do? Because our faithless, sinful flesh does not look to Jesus Christ, the one Redeemer from all these problems. So now, Jesus steps into the situation. Before he heals the boy of his ailments, he first asks the father how long this problem of possession has occurred with the boy. The father indicates that this has taken place for a lifetime, practically the child's whole life. And why did Jesus need this information? To show just how powerful he really is. This demon has plagued this boy for his entire life, trying to burn him and drown him on a regular basis, and Jesus is about to undo a life of misery in a matter of seconds. Jesus simply tells the demon to come out of the boy. And the demon does. Jesus shows his power over the devil. Jesus also gives the boy's father a lesson in faith. The anxious father comes to Jesus, but the father says, if you can do anything, to which Jesus replies, if you can, all things are possible to those who believe. Jesus is directing this man to the truth that he is in control of everything and that his fear and despair need not be. The father says with a deeply humble reply, I believe, help my unbelief. The father knows of his own sinful weakness, and he asks the one man who can help with this problem. Jesus can help him with his unbelief. And after all this was done, Jesus went away into a house. The disciples waited till they were in private quarters to ask Jesus why they had failed. Jesus directs them to come to God with requests in full reliance, knowing that he will work everything for their good. 
The demon doesn't come out because of you, Jesus says. He comes out because of me. I am the Savior, and because of me you will live. So Jesus is the overarching answer to the faithless and doubting generations of all time. And why is that? Well, just take a look at each of these cases and look at Jesus. With the devil, he resisted temptation perfectly and remained perfect. With anxiousness and doubt, well, there was no doubt. If you look at the Garden of Gethsemane, he was in plenty of anguish, but he relied on his father. And he fully did the work of his father all the way up to the cross and paid the price for you and me. And that's what makes him the answer for all of these faithless issues. Is the devil getting the best of us and leading us into temptation? The Bible shows to us that Jesus is the answer to this problem. He has destroyed the devil, and the devil can no longer harm us. Are our fears and anxieties getting us to despair? No worries. Jesus is still the answer. We can pray with the anxious father, I believe, help my unbelief. For Jesus still says that to us that all things are possible to those who believe. Do we, like the disciples, ask, why God? Why did this not work out? Or why did this happen this way? Just as they did with Jesus. Jesus gives the answer. Pray to the Lord. Put your trust in him. He is your guidance, your strength. Do not lean on your own understanding. Walk in the ways of the Lord all your life, for he is your life and salvation. So Jesus calms the stormy life. He puts the demons away and protects us. He comforts and stills our fears. He guides us and leads us to trust in him unto the way everlasting. In light of all this, in this faithless world and generation of darkness, Jesus shines forth as the answer. Amen. We'll close with hymn 388, verses 1, 3, and 5.